0: I have to warm up my voice a little bit. Oh, Remy
1: <coughs>
0: Her name was Lola. She was a showgirl with yellow feathers in her hair and a dress cut down to there. <laughs> Barry Manilow. The oh, Copa. Goodness. Copa <laughs> She would merengue and do the cha-cha. <laughs> <laughs> and while she tried to be a star, Tony always tended bar. Anyway. Wow. Yeah, pretty good, huh? (laughs) Copacabana! I thought you would know that. I thought you'd sing along.
1: Oh, I did. I would. I just didn't want to make you feel bad because you kind of messed the words up a little bit. I didn't want to correct you. Whatever.
0: Welcome to Scatterbrain, episode 13. Lucky hello number
1: thirteen. Hello, Evil
0: Dan. How's it going?
1: Oh, Ian. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that we made it to episode thirteen. I uh, thought for a while that we were gonna be running out of, of things to talk about, but as it turns out, we have several ideas uh, in the yes. works ahead of yet. That, so, yep, actually you, the opposite. Um, just want to thank everyone for following us on social media. We're at uh, Scatterbrain Pod on Twitter and on Instagram. Scatterbrain Scatterbrain Pod SD is in San Diego. Um, Speaking of the social media, I wanted to shout out and thank the last podcast you would want or you'd want. Uh, He is a guy that sort of I learned about Anchor from, which is the platform that we're using. Uh, His Instagram is Instagram.com slash the last podcast you'd want. All one word, no apostrophe. And on Twitter, he's Twitter.com slash... T-L-P-Y-W. Thanks, Steve.
0: The last podcast you'd want?
1: Yep. Check it out. Okay. He, does like, uh, he does like some, uh, he talks about movies and stuff like that, and he has different different guests on the thing. It's pretty cool.
0: Did you say he was a wrestler?
1: Yeah, so uh, this guy, he wrestled for uh, SoCal Pro Wrestling up in Vista. Oh. And he played like one of these manager guys, you know, that type of thing, and he just such a douchebag. <laughs> so it's actually kind of funny because uh, had her, you know, heard through of his podcast, and then he was the one that promoted, you know, that he used Anchor and was using Anchor and all that, doing those those commercials on there. So then I had reached out to him and asked him a couple things for recording remotely and stuff, and he was super cool. So cool. it's kind of funny because he's like liking our posts and things like that, and it's like I want to hate you because your character is such a douche, but. Right. You're being oh, so nice he, today, so. he's been he's
0: been listening then that's
1: that's good uh I, I guess i don't know but he's checked it out and i've communicated with him and he's always liking and retweeting our stuff so that's pretty good. he better listen or we're coming after him i know right so yeah. hey one thing i wanted to revisit uh we had talked before about nervosa breaking up right yeah so i saw on social media this morning uh on instagram that they had, they've already selected new members that was fast yeah well you kind of got it what else they got to do right i mean kind
0: of. she she what else has she got to do right
1: yeah yeah so instead of a three piece it's going to be a four piece now It got a bass player a vocal separate vocalist and then a new drummer
0: a triangle player oh that's cool all right
1: yeah so do you want to so someone is
0: just gonna sing
1: someone's just gonna sing that is she goes by the name diva satanica <laughs> <laughs> A vocalist from a band called Blood Hunter, whom I've never heard of. Uh, the so they're still
0: they're still oppressing men, right? It's all women.
1: It's all women, yeah. And then okay. on bass, uh, it's this lady uh, Mia Wallace, which sounds like a the lady from Pulp Fiction, right, Mia Wallace? Um, she's
0: maybe.
1: she's uh, played bass with a bot or a bath. You know that? Oh guy? really? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So she, and then on um, drums is someone named Eleni Nota. I think she's from Greece. I just clicked through the profile real quick to see kind of what they were playing for and stuff. And she played with a band called Mask of Prospero, and then Croc, Crook, Madame. I've never, I've never heard of either. No, I
0: haven't heard of Anyway, what,
1: what was the singer's name? Uh, Diva Sa-
0: Satanica. Satanica. Yeah. No, that, that's her. That's her real name. No, well, I'm sure.
1: I'm sure, it's, <laughs> I'm sure it's her Christian baptismal name. <laughs> her, yeah.
0: For Portuguese name?
1: Yeah, there you go. Now, um, I guess, I don't know. I don't know if they're all uh, Brazilian or what. I'm not sure. Did they – well, you
0: said one's from Greece, right? Yeah. So are they already, like, working on stuff, or is it just in the forming stage?
1: Uh, I have no idea. Um, let me see here if I could find the link on the Let me see if right. I can pull it up. Yeah, I got to get out of my
0: – I got to get out of the Barry Manilow link here.
1: Yeah. Uh, let me see if I can find it really quick. It's probably the easiest way. I'm trying to
0: appreciate what you like, you know.
1: It says new lineup after it is on Instagram after intense mm-hmm. days, auditioning girls from all over the world, we arrived at the new official lineup it was a bit of a challenge uh, to wow. audition at a distance, but where, where there's a will, there's a way. And then it gives cool. a quote from Freaka, which I get, which is, I guess it's her band. I'm not going to read the whole thing. And then she gives out the names of the people and stuff and kind of who they played with. And then they say the choice to be a quartet was to give Nervosa a fresh approach and show something different. This is a new phase, in Unervosa, but still with its thrash and death essence intact, with riffs, with a lot of down picking and strong grip, fast and technical drums, a renewed, heavier bass sound and aggressive and super thrash metal vocals. A second guitarist is still an option, but not for the current moment, where it involves a lot of adaptation and a huge challenge in logistics. Yeah. But for the future, it is very possible. Thank you. So anyways, they can look it up, I'm sure. Nervosa, Thrat, what is the thing? Nervosa Thrash on Instagram. That's where the post is.
0: I wonder where Fernanda Lira is going to go. I, I like her singing. I'm kind of curious whether those two are going to end up, or if they're going to stay together. Or it sounds like uh, they are. Right?
1: It sounded like they were going to stay together. Just off that one thing I referenced the last time we talked about it I don't yeah. know. I haven't. I haven't really looked it up beyond that point. I just thought i was something I'd mention because. Uh, yeah. So, anyways, um, we're doing a, another album review today um i just wanted to do something that was because we're just we're gonna be talking here about some freaking evil ass person i wanted to try to just make it go completely dark and do a like black or something that was really really sounded evil at least wow uh so um, they try they try uh this band is called Svart, Svartjern, It's S V A R T T J E R N. Uh, they're a Norwegian black metal band from Oslo, Norway, and the album is called "Shame Is Just a Word." Uh huh. Do you, you want, want to that. hear anything about the band? I looked some stuff up.
0: Go for it.
1: All right. Well, I say that like I spent a lot of research. I think I just googled them and then found them <laughs> on their Facebook bio, and I just cut and paste some of that. So here's the. I, I didn't even do summer. that. Yep. Uh, Smart Urine, uh, was formed by two brothers. They go by Hans first and Han oh. with two A's. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. It a two man project in 2003. Oh. Later, and then later in 2003, they added more musicians so they could start doing live shows. They added a guy named Scab Grimden and hmm. Fjellnord. i uh, butchering <laughs> those names. These names are awesome. Yeah. And Smart Urine started to work towards their first demo recordings um took two years and they did two demos and uh but they didn't really do anything with them so it just kind of you know did it and then that was that i guess they weren't happy It sounded almost like they sounded like they weren't happy with how it came out in 2007 they parted ways with scab and terror came in on bass the band started to record a, a, a three-track demo and this demo is called demo 07 and i guess it was sort of just sent out to labels and printed and small numbers. Right. Um, later, they signed with Dorn Production and began to record <laughs> their first full-length album, Misanthropic Path of Madness. I guess that okay. was their debut album. And guess the they don't like people. Okay. Of 2009. Uh, and then they signed with, in the same year, 2009, with uh, Agonia Records and began working on a second album. And in 2011, they re- released their second album called Toward the Ultimate between uh, 2012 and 2013 they mostly just did live shows and in late 2013 they started working on their uh, third full-length album uh, working with noise art records they released that in um, 2014 the name is Ult- ultimatum necrophilia Okay. <laughs> during this time they managed to get on tour with bands such as behemoth and cradle of filth so it sounds like they're playing out and stuff yeah uh, and in 2015 they changed record label to soul seller records and around this time the bass they lost their basis he had to quit for some reason and this guy malthus took over on bass in 2016 they released their fourth full-length album i'm not even going to pronounce it dude because i yeah i know these would go it's d with a, a o slash through it yes slash G S S R K R I K. I have no idea they played some festivals and I guess they even I mean, they played in Maryland Death Fest and Party Sand Open Air. So sounds like they're doing festivals and traveling yep. around. So I've never heard of these guys. No, I haven't
0: heard two, 2017,
1: 2018, Spartan concentrated their focus toward new material. And uh, in 2020, they released this album, their fifth one called Shame is Just a Word.
0: Mm-hmm. The current
1: lineup is Hans first
0: on vocals. You're gonna really try two this, ways, okay? All right. Uh-huh.
1: Uh, lead guitar, Grimden on drums, <laughs> Nord on the second guitar, and me on bass. Okay. Yeah. So they're on Bandcamp and Facebook. I'll include those links in the uh, the episode notes. And what Svar- did you think about? What you? Svartjern
0: about- Svar- apparently is Norwegian for black tarn. I don't know what the hell black tarn is, but a little bit of trivia there. Um, what did I think of it? I thought they were trying to, I thought they were trying to be as evil and, and as like, just, just heavy and, and it just doesn't work. Their excellent musicianship just shines through no matter how hard they try. (laughs) They're really good musicians. It's not, it's not as evil or as like nasty or as filthy as I think they want to be, or they want people to think they are. They're really good. Um, I'm not big on makeup type bands, you know, uh, they're, they're pretty like sweaty and a lot of makeup going on trying to be like as bloody as possible. But, um, there, I mean, even the vocalists, I I even like the vocalists. It's like, I don't know. There some songs are kind of weak. Like I like the first song. It's a really good start. You know, there's good riffs in it. Um, right off the bat, I think I texted you. I was like, Oh, I, I can get into these guys. Right. And then it, it kind of takes the second. Yeah, here's more names I can't pronounce. Mint till. Well, the first song's Prince of Disgust, and then Mint till at TGN um, or
1: something. T- yeah,
0: or I don't T&D. know what the hell it is. And it it starts good. The second song starts good, but it gets kind of tiring. It starts to sound the same to me, you know. And um, then the third song uh, it kind of recaptured my interest a little bit. The double bass is pretty killer. The drumming is killer all through this album. The, I think he kind of holds the whole thing together, personally. Um, and I, I love the speed picking, like the single note speed picking kind of guitars. You know, like, dee, 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 and they're like playing together, but harmonizing. I, I dig that. But they kind of overdo it through the album. You know what I mean? Like a lot of the songs are that same pattern. That, you know, kind of, I don't know how to explain it.
1: it well, that, That's that that's that black metal sound, that speed picking with those progressions. The single note, like the single like, note yeah, kind of, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I agree with you. I mean, and black metal is not really my thing. So, no,
0: me, me neither. You know, like I guess uh, I'd never
1: heard of them. Uh, the whole anti-religion, the hateful type of lyrics. I mean, that was all, that's par for the course, I guess, you know. Yeah. yeah. That's I, sort of why I wanted to parrot in this episode, you know, yeah. in this episode. I, um,
0: I honestly couldn't understand a fucking thing the guy said, and I didn't read any of the lyrics, so I didn't really latch onto any of that part of it.
1: Yeah. Did you notice, so you, you mentioned it, like like that they try too hard and stuff, and, again, I'm not really into those types of type topics. You're not going to offend me. I don't care about any of that stuff. I don't even really listen to words anyways. It's more I about the I texture do. of the music yeah, and the sound. I so. But I don't care. I mean, I can, I can listen to Cannibal Corpse and all these bands and enjoy it, even though it's ridiculous comic book lyrics, right? I mean, oh, I don't even, care.
0: Even Slayer. I mean, a lot of their yeah. pretty nasty lyrics, you know.
1: Yeah, but it's like comic booky, even with Slayer. You know what I mean? I don't know. To me, it's always been that way with them okay not comic booky, not comic booky, but just i don't know when you yeah. when you look at like the the tom Mariah always had has the great like
0: uh there songs
1: that, lyrics
0: i know, you know but their lyrics was- their lyrics you can take them in so many different ways though it's not all just satanic you can take it like that one guy who does um i think he does rain and blood as a john De- like in john denver form see, with a with an acoustic guitar and sings this the lyrics to um one of John Denver's songs of Rain and Blood, and it takes on an entire different meaning, and it's a really powerful song. So I, that's how I look at it. Like you can take it in a lot of ways. If you want to look at it as satanic, you can look at it that way. But it's Slayer just doesn't. They're not. I don't know. They, I think their lyrics are actually pretty good.
1: Slayer, yeah, yeah. But I don't know. You know, you have Tom O'Reilly who's singing this stuff and writing a lot of it. And he's like a Christian Catholic guy, I think. Yeah. Kind of so it's not. It's not like. So even then, it's like in a comic booky sort of way. But the one thing I noticed about listening to this album was heavy, heavy thrash influence.
0: Yeah, it's uh, this. This is a thrash metal album, dude. I, it's I like don't, a blackened
1: thrash metal, kind of like I old I, get, like I guess, Twitch, even though, even though the vocals aren't the same. I'm not comparing their vocals to. Them. Right. I like the guitar, You know. Well,
0: I, yeah, I like, I like the- this is the kind of vocalist I, I kind of like though. I mean, he's not. You know, I sent you a couple links to a couple new albums that I I listened to, and and I don't know if we're gonna. I even want to review them because. I got two or three songs into each of those albums and it was all just no 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 it's like what are you doing? you know that was it. the first couple of songs and I just turned it off. This guy isn't doing that. This guy's like really like he's screaming his guts out, you know And I, I don't know. it's like it's like they try to they try to promote themselves or they put themselves out there this band as like, you know, you disgusting, like Norwegian black metal, the blackest of black, blah, blah, blah. And I started listening to it. And I'm like, nice try, guys. You're really good musicians. This is some good thrash. You know, like I said, I didn't listen to the, listen to the lyrics. So I don't know what he's, you know, could all be nonsense. You know, a lot of it could get lost in translation too. who knows how good their English is, you know?
1: Well, it's funny. I mean, uh, the, ironically enough, they have the cover bonded by blood. Almost. Yeah,
0: I wanted to talk about that
1: that's that's an
0: excellent fucking remake
1: yes and that's where i that's where their threat to me that's where their their influences really shine is like that they would do that and have a new version of that and they're just packaging it in the way that they're packaging that's fine and it doesn't necessarily appeal to me uh there are some good songs though for sure
0: well right after that they right after that they end it with the best song on the album the title track yes yeah and and that that is a pure bitch and thrash song so it ends really strong for me um, kind of in the middle, it took a dip where I was just kind of like, "Oh God, this is getting old." This is
1: did you same- like the song? Did you like the song "Ravish Me"? That's near the end as well. That's a very good one. Uh,
0: I actually I put little notes here because um, I, I was really paying attention to the guitar. You know, being a guitar player myself, I was really listening to the progression of the way they were doing the harmonizing and the guitar parts and stuff, and kind of picking it apart in my brain. Some of it's really um, repetitive, but then all of a sudden they do a really cool change. Like my favorite song, other than the last two, the cover song and the title song, is, is track four. I don't even know how to say it. Todd Detzdract or something, or whatever that means. Um, I, I, it's probably my favorite song other than the title song. But it's a lot of, you know, speed picking is at the heart of the song. Uh, the drumming keeps it really interesting for me. Uh, there's a great change and great riff like halfway through, and then it immediately goes back to the one-string, one-note speed picking. Um, I I don't know. I wrote here, I'm still interested enough to continue the album, so I think I was kind of getting bored at this point. And then the next song is Frost and Balmed Abyss, which is my least favorite on the album. That one's kind of eh. And Ravage Me, I I put Sounds sounds Like a continuation of track five, the last one, and then I said three-quarters of the way into it is really cool, the stops and changes are awesome, and the exit progression is bitchin'. So it's like it kind of bored me, and then halfway through it did some weird changes and stuff that I really got into. And then the rest of the album was pretty strong for me after that. I mean, it's only eight yeah. songs, so
1: yeah. I like the first song, and I think I, I got bored like you in the middle, yeah. even though I could hear, like, oh, that definitely sounds like that. That's what stood out to me was mostly is this. This just these guys listen to a lot of thrash. This sounds to me yeah. like thrash yeah. with like the what I call the exorcist vocals, you know, how like. When that girl yep. on The Exorcist, is like, ah, nah, nah. Yeah, yeah, totally. yeah, yeah, totally, yeah, totally. So to me, that not thats I guess, what kind of doesn't appeal to me about black metal or the vocals typically. Um, is that—is
0: that—is that the difference between like black metal? What black metal does that, and death metal goes. Is that the difference? Because all these—all these, know, all these labels true. to me are kind of stupid. It's all to me. It's all thrash metal. If you say venom, I say it's thrash metal. Oh, that's black metal. That's the original black metal band. It's like okay, it's thrash metal, right? Um, I don't know. Like yeah, Cannibal Corpse. Like, Cannibal Corpse. Like what is that? Roll, what is Cannibal Corpse? What would you call them? I
1: would just say it's death metal. Well, that's death metal. Death.
0: Death metal. It's, it's thrash yeah. metal. I mean,
1: that's kind of. That's kind of. Well, yeah, but it's all an evolution, right? I mean, you could all say that. It, it, it's all it rock starts, and roll. It's all. It rock starts and roll. with
0: Jimmy. It starts with Jimmy mm-hmm. Hendrix and Black Sabbath, and they called it heavy metal and, and hard rock, right? And then it turned into heavy metal and then it turned into thrash metal and that's kind of where we stand it all it all is incorporated into that shit he, like heavy metal is everything from judas priest to fucking poison unfortunately you know and then you got the, then you got thrash metal expanded off of that and then everything after that is thrash metal that's heavy people well what is Chromex? is that is that punk people uh, say it's like didn't crossover we can crossover from like, shit. yeah they didn't like, start metal. They didn't start metal and crossover into punk. They're not crossover. They're they're like hardcore or thrash metal. Yeah. People go but they
1: all come from the same hard. thing, and it's just a different take right. on it, right? I mean, so, right?
0: And then people slap labels on it to to make them more unique from the crowd, and it's like so. so I don't, I don't I
1: think I don't know what
0: people think the the differences between death metal and, and black metal is. What I'm asking you, what is the difference?
1: I would I think probably a lot of it is is the the vocals. I think a lot of it is the speed picking in the in the way that the chord progressions are for black metal versus like some of the uh, death metal. I mean, then okay. you get some guys that are and you get a lot of uh, like to me anyways the what do you call them, like trills you <laughs> know I don't know I'm not Oh, oh yeah, you know yeah yeah what I mean? and you get that Trimble's a lot really. more you get a lot more of that in death metal. You look like suffocation and those bands and they do a lot of those. I don't know if trill is the correct term, but that's you know like Camera like pull-offs. Oh, yeah. okay. And whatever and whatever they do, but it's like a lot more of that. And I think black metal is more f- focuses on like the single note speed picking. Now, of course, there's variations and good bands and good <laughs> things don't you know.
0: For some reason, when I hear when I hear the word death metal, I picture the band Death. When I hear the word black metal, I I picture like Vader or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know. or, or or even Venom, the start or whatever. But what would like what would obituary be though? People have called them black metal, death metal. Like, yeah, what are the Death hell?
1: metal, man. That's all the. the
0: obituary is death writing. metal.
1: That is not Absolutely death. Metal. Late bullshit, dude. Dude, dude that, they are
0: slow. Shit. They are slow grinding fucking bitch and thrash metal. Uh, if they're not remember, death metal, to me yeah, death yeah, metal yeah, is yeah, like. They
1: came out with the with the crew of. I mean, in, the, in that dude. whole thing of like the scene of deicide. and. Catholic I know I know what they're. I know what they're
0: labeled as, but it's about – it's a bunk label. It's a bunk label. Calling them death metal is bunk. It is. They're not death metal. Obituary is fucking rad. <laughs> they really yeah, are. Amazing. Stone, stoner
1: metal. I mean, there's they're, a lot of different ways. You kinda, can yeah.
0: It. You can even you can even label them as like like doom thrash or some shit. You know, yeah. it's, it's all just labels. I
1: think, I think ultimately with those labels, it's very useful though because you can call them. You could call it thrash metal. You can call it heavy metal. Whatever it is. But there's very different if you're gonna listen to a band like uh, Judas priest Meshuga, oh God and, then,
0: yeah. Judas,
1: and Judas priest like those are both types of rock and roll heavy music heavy metal well, rock, whatever you want to call them but then they're very specific offshoots of that you know what I mean just like there's beer and there's like you know everything just gets more granular so, I
0: agree. like I couldn't I couldn't call Meshuggah or ministry thrash metal personally. No, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't do that. Right. I couldn't call Judas Priest or Black Sabbath thrash metal. That's, that's heavy metal. You know what I'm saying? Yes. But like motorhead though, they got pissed about all that label stuff. Like you don't try to pigeonhole us. You know, they just say we're hard rock or we're heavy music. And that was the way they, cause that they left it at that. We're just hard music, heavy music. So I kind of like that too. I always, Oh God, I miss Lemmy so much. Yeah. <laughs> He was the voice of reason.
1: <laughs> oh. <laughs> In what reason?
0: <laughs> For a guy who, like, never slept, he said some pretty witty things. You know that.
1: Scatterbrain. Was he yeah. the original Scatterbrain?
0: Kind of. So, Ravage Me is your favorite song on his album.
1: Um, no, I wouldn't say that. My favorite is the last one. Yeah. Shame uh, is just a word, but I, I ravish me. Well, it just finished. I guess what I was saying is, I was echoing you. It finishes strong. The last yeah, three, yeah. ravish me, bonded by blood, shame is a word. Those are, those are the last three tracks, and those, yeah. like, to me, are the best. best this songs. is
0: this is a thrash metal band. This is a thrash metal band, and the guy decided I'm gonna scream like a fucking um, call ourselves Norwegian whatever well, are, from,
1: I, I know i know We'll
0: <laughs> call ourselves norwegian death metal scream like crazy and just dump a buck of pain on us and we'll just sell it like that but they're really good musicians i, I don't know it's so, i feel like they should just take the makeup off write some lyrics to how they really feel and then sing how they really sing you know what i mean and they're, they'd be an amazing band they're already pretty fucking good would i like recommend this to, to my friends yeah actually i kind of would
1: hmm.
0: I mean, what I know about that? I know about a couple people that? who really like this album. They got to change the name, though. I don't. Spark and Jerk and Bergen? I don't. Whatever. Don't it's not big, them, dude. It's
1: a no, lyric. no, that's a bad. That's a bad name, though. It's,
0: yeah. it's not very memorable. You have to admit that um, the English-speaking world consumes more metal than anybody. So you got to have something that's a little more memorable to people who speak English, really. I mean, you do. I mean, even German bands will. Change and sing everything in English because they won the war. Not
1: kidding. kidding.
0: <laughs> God. No, Bonded by Blood. Bonded by Blood is a very awesome cover song. I, you know, it's like I, I would say it's easily the best song on the album. But does that really count because it's not their song? You know.
1: No, I think the last one, the, the title track, is, is my favorite overall. Oh That's yeah, great song. yeah, it's a great song. All right. Well, I'm glad you liked it. So you know well enough to get through it and find a few things. I think the I
0: think it. I think the fact that I made it like to the last two songs, like through the last two songs, is the only reason that I would ever listen to it again. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it did get pretty tiring. Like halfway through, I'm like, do I really have to listen to the rest of this?
1: Yeah.
0: You got the same it's
1: just
0: kind. It's not our thing. It's just not our either of our kind of not. I mean, um. But I, I do like the way that the last song kind of like halfway through it picks up and it double times, you know, and then it and then it goes twice the speed again from that, you know, it doubles and then doubles again. Does that make sense? And then it goes back to the original riff and then just fades out and then is over. I thought that was pretty cool. It was a good way to end it.
1: The way that you describe music to me and how, how like when we work together on music, you're teaching me something and we're learning to. We, we connect on it. But it's a, a very interesting way that you describe. You knew exactly what I was talking about, didn't you? I did, though. But I did, yeah.
0: Well, it's like on uh, Frost and Bulb and Abyss, which is my least favorite. Um, whatever I right here said least favorite so far, kind of uninspired and more of the same sound. Um, straightforward double bass drums, medium speed tempo, key change, key change, E C D D F E DFE repeat. You know, that kind of thing. And that no tempo change and over and over meh (laughs) that's that's not a very good that was easily the most boring song. That was right in the middle too, so it's like, you know, right where you want to capture, you know, grab people's attention. It kind of started to put me to sleep. And then I stuck with it. And Ravage Me was a little better. It wasn't one of my favorite songs in the album, I don't really think. And then I I saw the name Bonded by Blood. And I'm like, is that the Bonded by Blood? And that I was like, yeah, was. That's, a, that's a cool song too. Good pick. Yeah. Overall, I, I think it's listenable, but um, you know, not really my thing, I guess.
1: Yeah, I concur. Well, great, you know, great there was something. It was good. Yeah, there were some good good things about it. So yeah, time well spent. So, you know, check out a new band and whatever.
0: Yeah, I I want I want you to listen to the other two. We're not going to review, but listen to those other two, and you'll see what I mean about that. They're like you can't even. Oh, I know who it's like. Six feet under. That that (laughs) that kind of vocals to me is is just ridiculous. you know, and I listen to six feet under so whatever. But you know how every song it's the same. Yeah, it's more of
1: that. Yeah, exactly.
0: It's just that's what those bands were like, and I was just like, click done.
1: All right, man. well, I got to wrap this up, uh, but I'm glad that we made it through it and found some good stuff about it. So.
0: All right. Well, stay tuned for the uh, the next uh, wonderful human being, a, a joy to all the boys and girls in the world. Um, I had to go take a frickin shower after we did this segment. So anyway, you bumped my idea for 13. So that's OK.
1: <laughs> Sorry. I really wanted to do this one for number 13 yeah, because yeah, I could tell. number 13 is, t- tends to be the bad luck, evil number. And so I wanted to do something really evil and creepy. And uh, So what I want to got? talk about what today is Richard Ramirez.
0: Oh, joy. Oh, wonderful.
1: It's such a piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. But well. I, I really wanted to do this because I grew up, I was a kid at that time when he was, you know, in his reign of terror. And he actually got someone uh, a few miles from my house. So that made it really scary. Oh, I didn't know. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. But I guess to start, we should clarify that there were actually three Night Stalkers. One of them was in London. Oh. And there were two in California. And the original one, the first one was what they call now the original Night Stalker, also known as the Golden State Killer. You probably heard about him. They just caught him. Not just, but... um, couple years ago. I have no idea. He's an old man now, obviously. He operated in Southern California from the late 70s to the mid 80s. Um, In 2018, he was actually caught based off of, I should have looked this up. I meant to look it up. Um, Some sort of DNA, like his family, I think it was his family or he did a DNA test and it cross-referenced something and I think that's how they found him. So and then so LinkedIn based off of like you know DNA they went back and processed uh, later on I think could be wrong we'll have to look at that for your our corrections episode which will be like three hours long. Uh, this guy's name was Joseph James he was at Joseph I'm sorry Joseph James D'Angelo he was uh, actually a former police officer that's even creepier. Um, the second guy is the guy that I wanted to talk about Richard Ramirez and i'm sure you, you know obviously who he is right
0: do you oh yeah know i remember much him. about
1: the guy or do you, do, what do you, what do you remember about the time when he was doing his thing because like i said i was i was a kid and he got someone near the end like uh just a few miles from my house i think yeah, so like, really
0: scary yeah, i was 16 when it was on the news before he got caught mm-hmm. and um i think it was i think i was 17 or 18 when he did get when he finally got caught, I mean, how long was he? Like a year or something, right? It was about what? a
1: year. Yeah. So you were sixteen. And I just remember seeing
0: him on the news now and then, and just like, yeah, that's creepy, you know. But I was he on my. Mount-
1: from you, right? You're in San Diego, which so he wasn't even coming down this way. He was like L. A. Right. North Carolina, pretty far from here. Yeah,
0: yeah, sort of. Yeah, yeah. Didn't he go to oh, yeah. Didn't he go to San Francisco and kill Dude, people too?
1: He did. Yeah. Did I? I actually. I should have read it before we did this episode, but um, I didn't have the book. I, I just got it back recently, but it's a this guy didn't have a chance, and to see like you have to suspect that there's probably some genetic factor there.
0: What do you mean he didn't have a chance?
1: All right, well, well, let me explain. Okay, so this guy's name was uh, Ricardo uh, Leva Munoz Ramirez, uh, uh-huh. Richard Ramirez. He was born February 29th. Of 1960. Interesting enough, that's a leap year. That's kind of weird in and of itself. Okay. He was the youngest of five children. His parents were Julian and Mercedes Ramirez, and uh, they called him Richie, I guess, you know. Uh, His father was a former police officer in Juarez, Mexico, and was a heavy drinker, uh, was abusive, beat the shit out of his family, and all that stuff, you know.
0: Nice guy. Okay.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, it gets better. It gets better. So, you know, this guy. Richard, you know, Richard, he's got a Richie, they call him. Um, he's got that going for him. He's got whatever drama he's got going on at home. All right. Uh, he started smoking marijuana at age 10. And by 13, he was using acid and PCP, which oh. I can't even imagine, you know, a wow. 10-year-old smoking up. I mean, I can. I can imagine it, but not right. That's not, that's another strike. Uh, but then as a 12-year-old, uh, he spent. He started spending a lot of time with his older cousin Mike, who was a former U.S. Uh, Green Beret. He was a Vietnam vet. And so this this man, you know, I, I don't know how old he was, but this guy, you know, when Richard was twenty or twelve rather, he'd get Ramirez stoned and would tell him stories of all the like horrible stuff that he saw and did in Vietnam. He, showed, he took. He had taken pictures. and shown yeah. show showing the boy pictures of. Um, like one lady he had beheaded and was posing with her severed head and he was always just gruesome I, I, I really, I'm not even going to get into all this stuff but it was really really bad you know and uh, uh, so yeah they just get this you know guy would get him fucked up and they would you know, talk about all that stuff and he'd show him pictures uh, then Mike started teaching this guy this kid how to, how to kill sneak around with stealth and kind of the stuff that he learns. just really really creepy yikes um, About this time, he, Ramirez, Richard Ramirez, uh, began to sleep out in the cemetery because things got so bad at home with his father. The father would just, like I said, just beat the crap out of him. It gets worse. At age 13, uh, Richard Ramirez was present when his cousin Mike shot and killed his wife during an argument. So he saw, you know, his cousin shoot his wife in the face. Jesus. Yeah. Um, After that, you know, obviously that shook things up a bit. So Ramirez moved in with his sister. Her name was Ruth, and it gets worse. Ian. Oh, her, husband, her husband, was like a, was a peeping tom, like a sexual creep. Now who, who's br- whose who's husband? So this is uh, Richard, This is Richard Ramirez's sister's husband. So he's, okay. uh, his uncle by marriage. Okay. So this guy used to take Richard out when he would go creeping around and stuff.
0: Dude, was this so, all in te- this is all in Texas?
1: Yeah, this was in Texas. Good, good job. Yeah. Yeah, good. you do know, I think it was El Paso. So then, you know, obviously, this kid starts, you know, doing all the weird, creepy stuff that you hear about from, you know, it's kind of common with all these types of people is weird, torturing and killing animals and, you know, working up to cats and dogs and doing all that. And just creepy.
0: Didn't that guy like take the kid out though when he was going out doing all his peeping tom stuff? That's
1: what I'm. That's what I was saying. Yeah, he oh. take him out. Right? Which is. Yikes. That's just, just Yeah. So then, so now, can you imagine all this? You know, the the drugs at such a young age. You know, graphic violence and other stuff that this uncle's showing him. He sees the aunt like shot. Uh, then he gets goes over and starts creeping out with these other guys. He's gonna have some real, real crazy issues, man.
0: Yeah, great looking. So,
1: yeah, well, he didn't make it. The school past a freshman in high school. Um, he he, t- he was working actually at a, a Holiday Inn near you know when he was in school, and what he would do is he would take his, his pass key, and sneak into the rooms at night as the as the guests slept, and he would rob them. You know?
0: Oh God!
1: And I guess one time, uh, some some dude you know came into his room, his hotel room, and he sees Ramirez and they're attempting to force himself on the wife. So the husband just, you know, beat the hell out of this guy, you know, of course. And but nothing, nothing happened because the the um, the man and the woman they were out of state and they refused to come back to Texas and uh, testify against them. So he got off from that one. And it was shortly around that time after that after that time that you know Ramirez dropped out of school. And it then you'd be- expect what's
0: that? I said should have beat him
1: to death. Man, just really, is a very, very, very interesting, significant time to me to grow up because I was pretty young and just, you know, I grew up in a pretty good, good, safe area and none of that stuff really happened, you know, and so to have that thing be, you know, a possibility and everything was really, well, you, really
0: must, you must have been eight or nine, right?
1: Um,
0: that sounds so right. I, been,
1: I guess I would have been eight at the time because yeah. this all happened during the summer pretty much. And that was my birthdays in the fall. Uh. But yeah, so then obviously you would, this guy would do what you would expect someone of that pedigree, so to speak, to do, you know, theft and, you know, all kinds of stuff, prison or jail, you know, getting robbing and doing all these things. So eventually moved to California at the age of 22, and he kind of went back and forth. He lived in San Francisco, but kind of came back and forth between there and Southern California, cheap, sketchy, motel, all the stuff you'd expect you know, same thing, driving around, smoking crack, hanging out in like the shady, you know, gross theaters, just all kinds of stuff. And he would, like you said, go, he get all cranked up or whatever. And he'd be driving around and making these long drives, you know, you know, I don't really want to go into all the stuff. I think it's kind of interesting. And, you know, I think that there's, I could see where people would get interested in kind of what makes these people tick. Um, but I, I don't really want to talk about each individual thing, you know, and, really really harp on it because it's kind of depressing but let's just a, suffice spice to say the guy was a real real piece of work um as you said this kind of sort of how his whole reign of terror was just about one year uh he had murdered about he had murdered over a dozen people and oh, people i don't know was that tortured and 20 know, was that 25 people that he had oh 25 20, people 20 yeah 12 murdered and over a dozen murdered and uh tortured and brutalized like 25 people during this you know reign of terror the first known killing took place in april 10th of 84 of 84 and it was in san francisco in the basement of the hotel where he was living and this this was a nine-year-old girl and (laughs) i won't get into all of it either it's really 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 bad but it wasn't actually known that that was him him until 2009 when DNA was later matched to a sample that had been obtained at the cr- that crime scene. So even at the time, I guess it doesn't, didn't really even come back to him or he didn't get any heat at that point. What's interesting, though, and, and even just so disgraceful, I guess, is that sort of the same thing almost was happening that happened to him as a kid. Apparently, in 2016, the officials disclosed evidence of a second suspect that was there and identified through a DNA sample as well. They have the authorities haven't uh, identified the individual because he was a juvenile at the time, and then they didn't have enough evidence. So,
0: so he wa- someone else watched him kill the girl.
1: Something, and it sounded like he was bringing a, mur- a minor, just like doing the same kind of creepy shit that his uncle did with him. Just oh, that's
0: fucked up.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's fucked
0: up anyway. But Jesus.
1: Yeah. So then, uh, the first actual like night stalker murder took place on June eighth, in eighty four with a 79-year-old woman. Um, they oh, found a fingerprint of his on a mesh screen that he had, you know, gone in through the open window. And there, there's probably more cases, but oh, then it was pretty, pretty much a quiet until uh, 85, March 17th of 85. And that's where he really ramped up. He got a lady, a uh, 22-year-old lady with a 22. So he, he got – he shot at her, but somehow her, the bullet was – ricocheted off the keys she had in her hand or something and it put her hands up and it hit that talk about a block of the draw there oh, but then, she lived? yeah but then no um, but okay. i guess the guy went into her you know uh her apartment and got the roommate or something you know dad dude in this he must have gotten really like amped up by that because it was the same night within an hour he pulled a lady out of her car so the first one is in, Ro- in rosemead and then within an hour later, he was in Monterey Park and shot this lady and killed her. So basically two murders and the attempted third in the single day obviously sparked a interest in this. And they started calling him the walk-in killer or the valley intruder. So that was kind of when it all started. Ten days later, on March 27th, he entered another home in Whittier and got uh, someone else. You know, He ransacked their home. Yeah, I, I don't even want to get into it. He, it was bit really bad. Uh, but they found a pair, found some footprints from the sneakers. And I remember I remember seeing that stuff on the news and they were showing that. And that's pretty much all they had at the time. I mean, they didn't have, you know, DNA wasn't really a thing then. They were able to tra- trace the bullets and found that they were the same gun as the previous attack, attack. So that's when they kind of realized something was that there was a serial killer, you know. Uh, Then it continued may 14th may 29th may 30th july 5th july 7th july 20th august 6th august 18th and i mean just so that's you can see it's pretty regular there he took looks like he took like june off i don't know but he started getting this picture because of these survivors and stuff that he was you know curly hair rotting teeth and horrible breath and he would you know draw pentagrams and do all this stuff uh he would the demand that the victims, you know, swore and praised Satan and did all this, you know, this stuff. So he was really, really into it. Reading the book, it's been years since I read it. There was a biography written about him, and that was a really interesting, dramatized sort of scene. But yeah, just, you know, I don't know, dude. Like I said, it was just really scary as a kid to be hearing this stuff. I wasn't even allowed to play outside. <laughs> so, I bet. That's how, I mean, that's how much my parents took it. Like we weren't even allowed to go outside during the day. And then uh, in my neighborhood, my my dad and a group of the, the other, you know, husbands that are men of the neighborhood, they started doing shifts where they would, every night they would like, would each walk around an hour and they, they did like this loop around the whole, like this neighborhood, the neighborhood that we lived in. Yeah, it was weird. Like my dad started sleeping with a gun under the pillow. It was really a str- strange time. My aunt was living with us at the time. She had a, when this was all going on, she woke up screaming one night that someone was coming in and it was a dream. She was having a nightmare of this guy. It was a really scary time. Damn. Uh, we had a neighbor, or not a neighbor, a friend of ours from uh, Little League and baseball and stuff who lived a, f- a few blocks away. And during this time, whether or not it was right or wrong, or, right or wrong, true or not. Uh, I'm not saying they were lying, but you know, there was a lot of, as you might imagine a lot of uh, anxiety built up around this. So we have talked before about how that could kind of affect people's experience. So I don't know, but they, they, you know, the father and stuff, they were woken up one night because they thought they heard someone trying to get into their yard, you know, or not their yard, but their, their home, like the sliding glass door and the dad ran down there and they said that the guy think that the guy hopped the fence or something so this guy was around i don't know if that was the same dude if it was just hysteria or what but it was a creepy time um that kind of went on until august 24th of 85 ramirez drove to mission viejo that's in orange county in a stolen stolen vehicle and he arrived at the house of um the romero family Uh, this guy had just returned from a family vacation and the 13 year old son was in the garage working on cleaning up their motorcycles or something like that. And the guy, the kid had the garage door, you know, you can kind of like pop up the garage door and like open it just a little bit and you know stop it. So he saw sneakers right below the front door right there. This was like, I don't know, three or four in the morning. It was really late. I guess they had just gotten back or something. So, Uh, The the boy goes into the house to get his parents, and Ramirez fled. And, you know, they ran outside and looked and noticed that there was a car. They they noticed the color and the make of the car, as well as part of the license plate. So they, of course, called the cops, saying that they, you know, had chased off a burglar. Just down the street, Ramirez went into another home. Uh, This guy, Bill Carnes, and his fiancée shot the dude three times. The guy lived, actually. Uh, and Ramirez left him for dead and then told the terrified woman that he was the Night Stalker. And he's, you know, of course, forced to swear that she loved Satan as he beat her up and this whole thing. So he tried to, like, you know, rob them, was looking, shuffling for jewelry and stuff like that. And uh, he let her live, actually, and he said, tell them the Night Stalker was here. So um, that was in those two attacks in the same night. That was on August 24th. Then... After that, they they eventually found the car, you know, left in L.A. somewhere. And they got a finger, one of his fingerprints off the rearview of mirror. So then they had identified who he was at that point. And so they knew they had a name. They had a, uh, you know, mugshot and everything like that. So, they, of course, pumped that all over, all over the news. And uh, so that was... Um, That was, you know, the end of August. Ramirez fled that same, the next day, Ramirez fled on the bus to Tucson to visit his brother. That was on August 30th. But then he didn't meet up with the brother. And so he came back the same day, or the following day. And so because he was just on the bus the whole time, I guess Ramirez had no idea that his name and face were all over the media. And so the next morning when he got into town on August 31st, he was recognized at a convenience store. And so, of course, the lady starts you know, start screaming, and he runs off, tries to carjack some lady. But then a bunch of these men realize what was going on and, you know, pulled him out of the car. They chased him. He's running across through yards, and they eventually capture him and just beat the shit out of him until, I mean, he was, until the cops showed up. And he's begging them, like, save me, save me, you know, telling him he's the night stalker to arrest him and do all this stuff because these guys are going to kill him, you know. So that, I remember getting that news. That happened in the morning. It's like I remember waking up, and my, that was on the news, and I'm like, God, God, I'm so – that was very, very scary, just a very creepy thing. And so I'm sure my, my experience was very different from yours, huh?
0: Oh, yeah, apparently. <laughs> I remember just – I didn't really – I mean, I knew it was happening, but I didn't really think about it or worry about it, especially, I guess. I was a little older than you too, so –
1: yeah, yeah, you were out there probably partying and getting drunk or something,
0: pretty, sort of pretty much. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, in my own little world, probably saw it on the news, watching it with a couple of my friends or something, or my friend Ron or something, and just probably just commented to each other, What a piece of shit, you know, yeah,
1: yeah. Well, what's but, really strange is these people they become like fanatics about them.
0: <laughs> what do you mean, all the
1: ladies? All the ladies oh, yeah, like, yeah, write them letters, and yeah, I don't get that, no.
0: What you yeah, he think like I, I was just reading something. He like he beat once one woman to death with his hands and kicking her in the face so bad that he left a, a print of his shoe on her face. Wow! This, I didn't know this that. guy's fucking. This, this guy sucks. Yeah. This one. This This one guy. That's yeah, an understatement of the year, right? He was trying to strangle this one woman with that with a cord like a phone cord, and he was startled to see sparks emanate from the cord. And when she began breathing again, he fled the house, believing that Jesus Christ had intervened and saved her. He's fucking nuts.
1: Oh yeah, well he, dude, imagine he's he's high on PCP and crack, and he's driving around. You know he's not sleeping for days. This dude's obviously not taking care of his teeth. I mean himself. Oh, his teeth are all rotting out of his head. I mean this guy is. Plus all the horrible stuff that he was. He dealt as he was growing up, you know, and all that. I mean, this guy I had no chance. I mean, I don't, I don't really have. Yeah, kind of seems anyone.
0: to me. Like, kind of seems to me like this guy was a pure definition of a psychopath.
1: Yes. Yeah. You could say that. So then, what would you call the people that are like become infatuated with someone like this? I mean, besides, like, um, is there a term for that? I think the medical
0: term is uh, dumb fucks.
1: Well, yeah, yeah. But, but
0: simplify it for some of us. <laughs> I don't, I don't know, man. its, just, it's beyond me to. I mean, didn't they read about the shit he did? You know, what, what is there to be attracted to? It's—I mean, let alone, let alone just the fact his teeth are rotting out of his head. What is there to be attracted to? He's a fucking vicious murderer. Well,
1: he got his teeth fixed. The state, oh good! The oh good! Good for, the good for him. For yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Well, well, wait,
0: wait—in jail he got his teeth fixed? Yeah. Oh, no way.
1: Yeah. If you look at pictures of him, you know, after a, a certain period of time, you know, before and after, so to speak, there's a marked difference there. But even if these ladies didn't read what had happened, like, I mean, they would have to see it when they would go to court. They see ladies would go to court. To yeah. Watch and, I mean, he would laugh and smile and you know show up with pentagrams on his hand and whatever, dude. A pen, I, you're not offending me by a pentagram. You know what I mean? It's not. That's not hurting my feelings or whatever, but just, like, he just took it. He really, I guess, really believed in all that, and whatever psychosis he had, um, but he would laugh, you know, at the descriptions. I, of the, oh, I do remember you know. that.
0: I remember that, definitely. Yeah. Wasn't that tri- that trial was going on about the same time as the uh, with the Men- Menendez brothers? Remember that those two killed. I yeah.
1: do. When, yeah. So he, his trial went from '85 when he was you know captured until '89. So it took you know four years. Uh, when oh. was the Menendez case happening?
0: I when I don't Menendez- know. I want I want to say 1990 maybe. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of in the same time frame.
1: Yeah. God, I forgot
0: I forgot about those two dicks.
1: Yeah, aren't they out now?
0: No, they're never getting out. Are you kidding?
1: No, no. I don't oh, think yeah, so. You're right. You're right. Uh, you're right.
0: You're right. They have multiple life sentences. Um...
1: Yeah, I've seen pictures of those guys actually. They've changed quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's amazing. It took four years uh, to convict this guy of 13 murders, five attempted murders, 11 sexual assaults, and 14 burglaries. He's placed on death row and he stayed there. stayed there until he died in uh, 2013. Died of what? Complications due to uh, B-cell lymphoma. Of course, his his health, I think his liver and everything was all all jacked up, too, from all the drugs. And then he had hepatitis C. Yeah, he was on death row for more than 23 years. And when he was sentenced, I thought this was, you know, I guess you really don't have to be surprised, but... Yeah, his response to the media and everything, of course, was when he got the gas chamber death sentence, was a smile, you know, and he's like, "Yeah, big deal. Death always runs right. the territory. I'll see you in Disneyland." Yeah, what a dick. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't believe it though. He had these ladies writing him, and I guess he even married one uh, <laughs> lady that you know, Doreen Leoy or something like that. Eventually, she left him, I guess, but I don't know. I don't. I don't know what would make someone be interested in someone like that there's gotta be a term for it besides just crazy or dumb fuck
0: <laughs> well I feel like I gotta take a shower now
1: yeah I know I shouldn't put this one in but I really wanted. I don't know he was just creepy it was a scary thing for me <laughs> so I thought it was fitting for number 13 well there's gotta be something good for me he's gone now <laughs> so But and
0: you know I hope he suffered I hope it was yeah. a slow and painful, terrible death. Yeah. And you know what? It probably didn't mean shit to him anyway.
1: No, it didn't. I mean, I, I can't imagine it would.
0: Yeah, I doubt he, like, broke down and cried about all the horrible fucking things he did. Because he, I'm reading some of the stuff, and he, he like, he didn't just go kill someone and take their stuff. He, like, no. joyed in it and mm. different, various ways bludgeoned him with this and that and hacked him to death with machetes and it's like Yeah, Jesus I didn't even Christ. want to into
1: it. But yeah. Yeah,
0: very bad. And, yeah, just going through this, I'm like, it's just one thing after another.
1: Just nasty, nasty, bad, bad.
0: And all these, all these kids who like, he didn't apparently kill all these kids that were at the scene, but he would have them yeah. lead them, lead him around to like show more the money and valuables were after, after they witnessed him killing their parents, and then he like tie them up and then leave. And not, apparently, he didn't kill any of those like eight-year-old kids or whatever. that saw this shit. From what I'm reading anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't,
1: they, what, notice, I didn't notice that there were any any child victims but oh and he fucked that guy really what it comes down to god so,
0: <laughs> so he was clearly a psychopath and what about like jeffrey dahmer you think he was a psychopath
1: all those individuals are
0: i guess they'd have to be wouldn't
1: they yeah i mean
0: you never hear about a serial degree. serial killer like murdering someone and then crying because they felt so bad about it and then Oh, what have I done to their family? And then go out and kill someone else. It doesn't really work that way. Well, so,
1: if you you probably notice, it's going to be the typical same types of abuse, you know, and then sort of manifesting itself at you know at an earlier age with these same type of like I said before with Richard Ramirez, you know, kind of like the whole cruelty <laughs> to animals and that kind of thing. And I think it it just oh, sort of
0: I just got it yeah. here. I just check this out. Listen to this. Ramirez scored a 31 out of 40 on Hare's, Hare's psychopathy psychopathy how do you say it? psychopathy psychopathy checklist um parentheses PCL-R which makes him a primary psychopath. However, he may well have he may have well learned towards sociopathy so ah whatever instead
1: sociopathy. Yeah.
0: Thank you. Ramirez might have also met the criteria of a malignant narcissist well obviously. Of course. Right, but there isn't any current evidence as of 2020 that that suggested narcissistic personality. Bullshit. Of course he was mixed with antisocial traits. Obviously, antisocial personality disorder obviously is the dominant disorder in Ramirez's case, and due to the
1: schizophrenia or something like that too, because he was
0: maybe uh, due to the nature of his crimes, he may have had ASPD mixed with sadism. Well, of course he had sadism. Schizoid, yeah. yeah, it says right there, sadism and schizoid traits.
1: Well, if this guy's, you know, like I said, getting jacked up and he's not sleeping for days on end, I mean, that's, that's right. what happens. You know?
0: He may also have suffered from schizophrenia, you know, from childhood, which was likely made worse by drugs like cocaine, LSD, and PCP. There you go.
1: Yeah, yeah. No surprise. Yeah. So let me ask you this, then. <laughs> someone like that, do you think that, I mean, obviously there is that nature versus nurture aspect of it but do you think that certain people are predisposed or is it mostly I mean obviously someone's predisposed to a, a neurochemical imbalance or something like that which can manifest in various types of you know disorders but do you feel like someone I guess I'll simplify and go do you feel like there's people that are born bad or do you feel like yeah. people that are born into a situation and have things like this guy's you know uncle and witnessing all these things that really pushed that over the edge or a critical time in life like what do you what do you think about that
0: I i think i think you're born evil i mean let's say he was let's say that particular person was raised in a loving household and wasn't shown all that stuff and was given all the tools to succeed it may have it may have slowed down when it started you know what i mean it may have came come later in life but he was still evil he was gonna do some of these some of these things no matter what i think if you're, you're not you're not like raised into becoming a psychopath, you are born a psychopath, just like you are born gay. You don't just become gay. You don't just become a psychopath. It doesn't really work that way. Mm. Um, being a sociopath, I think, is a little bit different, but I think that's pretty much a, you're, you're born that you're born that way as well. You know, and it um, d- depends on whether you realize it within yourself and you can hide it and, you know, mask it by acting upset you know during certain things you know you should act upset and, but you don't really feel anything I don't know I'm just rambling now but yeah I, I don't think the right you know the way you're raised especially changes who you are it's it may like slow down the effects of it or, or or things may come later in life maybe the the loving family holds him back more you know and keeps him in the house more to to do good things he knows what is right and wrong he's still gonna end up going toward the wrong
1: Let me ask you this. And let's say, let's say he was, uh, his situation was changed. And, you know, I'm not saying that my family was perfect, but I I was pretty lucky, a pretty good, good upbringing and stuff like that, and a good reality growing up. Um, Let's say he was to have had, you know, upbringing as like mine or quote unquote better or whatever, right? Do you think that he would have still done these types of things? Or do you think that maybe perhaps it would have been different where he would have? He could have um what would be the word, relieved it or vented it in different ways. Maybe he likes to watch horror movies, or maybe he's like, Do you think that there would have been another way that whatever that is would have been dealt with that, uh being an online troll and harassing people on online and just being an asshole online and that would have satisfied whatever it is, or do you think that he would have ultimately, regardless of Whatever his upbringing, whatever he
0: may—he he may not have killed as many people as sadistically. He may not have incorporated the whole like Satan thing into what he was doing, but he would have killed people.
1: You think so?
0: Oh yeah. If I mean, if you're a primary psychopath, that's what you're gonna do sooner or later. I mean, it's not just about stealing from people or being a con man. You know, like, well, I'm not even gonna say who, but you know, some people are psychopaths by doing evil shit that doesn't involve killing, right? Right. But. This guy just seems like he was—he was, he was just—I don't know—he was gonna do it one way or another. Say he got married and had a family, never killed anyone, led a great life, and then one day she pissed him off, and he—and he kills her, or he bludgeons her to death out of rage or something. Mm-hmm. So, somehow, some way, something. something was gonna happen. I mean, something was gonna make him snap.
1: So you're saying that's an inescapable—someone
0: uh, like this? Of, of this kind of a psychopath, this murderous well, this sort
1: guy, of... there's no doubt this, this guy was crazy. And there's no doubt that this guy had a horrible, horrible, horrible reality that he was brought up in and experienced all kinds of things. But I guess... Um, yeah, he would have done it anyway. You think that he was just going to be a bad, evil person no matter what?
0: Yeah, yeah, I do.
1: And so people are just born that way?
0: Yeah, I think they are. I mean, maybe he was... Maybe, like I said, maybe he had a loving family and everything and he was raised with all the tools to succeed right and maybe he wouldn't have murdered people so soon and, and so violently or whatever he would have hit it more and been more careful about escaping you know what i mean or or he would have um been more like the the rapist no one could catch or or the, com- the complete con man who just bilks old ladies out of their money without a thought you know he's gonna do all that something. stuff something you know but this kind of guy right here he would have killed someone sooner or later even if it was just one person, he was bound to. He was bound to. I'm reading some of the stuff about him, and it's just like Jesus Christ. I mean, it's yeah. not like he just—it's not like he just went around, you know? Bam, bam, shot these people, took all their jewelry and split. He was like delighting in this. No, shit. No,
1: yeah, he was reveling in this, and he was yeah. There's people like that that just do not care, and it's about them and whatever they got going on, you know. But I just wonder, and I'm not like sympathizing with this guy, oh, or okay. like trying to you know Paul, you know, apologist for him. He's a piece of crap, you know. But I just wonder like how many people let oh, me say like this. I'm not I'm I'm not I'm not a dismissing personal responsibility, you know, when you hear stuff about like people, oh, well they just turned into a life of crime and drugs because that's what they grew up in. Well, there's a lot of people that that grew up in that stuff that are very successful and did not go that way and it may have motivated them to not go that way, right? they so, knew what was they knew what was
0: right and wrong and then they chose a different path and made something of themselves yeah
1: so they weren't given
0: they weren't given a good hand and they they knew what was what was wrong and you know what i mean
1: yeah so i guess i'm just wondering if there are, okay. there, there must and there must be people there cuz you know i don't i don't remember the stat i haven't looked at it in a while but there's there are you know, suspected unsolved cases of serial killers and stuff that are at large right now, you know, and right. I wonder how many people have these sorts of, for lack of a better term, fantasies or like thoughts, but then don't act on them for whatever reason. And so it must be to degrees, but someone would, what I hear you saying is like someone is as fucked up as Richard Ramirez would have done any, done something like this anyways. It wouldn't have been that he would have dealt with it by watching horror movies or dealt with it by being a a scam artist instead on you know it would have it was going to manifest in some fashion some violent fashion the way it did just
0: into murder yeah i think so i mean yeah yeah this guy clearly had no had just no this guy had no soul
1: do you think that you've ever been around anyone that was capable of that type of st- maybe not like that oh this guy was- this guy
0: named dan um yeah. Oh, yeah right no god i hope not i mean i remember i remember once when i was 17 i think 16 or 17 i was partying with my friend and we we're down at his sister's house in el cajon and we're drinking beers we're all talking listening to music and stuff and this guy was there that we we'd never seen before i would never saw him before since but he started i remember he gave me this weird look and he was he's he's talking about how he just got out of jail and my friend's like oh yeah what for Blah you blah, know blah. he's like, oh I, I shot a guy and got, killed him i'm like oh my god here i'm just a teenager just going oh this is awesome and he's talking about how he was like you know he was taking drugs he had he was like a, um, a drug runner and he was in his car and this dude came up to the driver's side and stuck a gun to his head and said he knew who he was and get out of the car. I'm going to take all your shit. And he had like the shotgun right there aiming out, you know, on his lap and the guy's got a gun pointed to his head. And he just said, we just pulled the trigger and blasted him with the shotgun. And um, he just got out from doing like five out of 10 year sentence or something. And I remember the next day when we went back to my friend's apartment, I was like, that kind of freaked me out, dude. And he's like, yeah, that was pretty weird. And um, I just, I was astounded that you could be out of jail in five years for murdering someone when you're running drugs. I just thought that was, but I mean, I guess there's an element of self-defense there. But this dude's running drugs; he's got a shotgun. I mean, yeah. he's obviously looking to kill someone if someone's going to harass him. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. It's just—I remember as a kid being astounded by that, and that guy just had a really psycho look on his face too. And I just remember thinking, "Yeah, this is no fun." And uh, we were going to—we're cr- there. To, we're going to crash in the <clears throat> extra room of uh, his sister's house. And I just remember I didn't sleep all night. We didn't go, you know, lay down till like probably two or three. And I just remember my eyes were wide open. Like, is, is this guy still here? You're know, mm-hmm. freaking me out, man. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You can get a bad feeling about people. I can't say that I've been around anyone that I know would have done something like that. But I'm sure I have. I mean, I've been around a lot of people in a lot of different situations.
0: Damn, I haven't thought about that since that time. That's weird. That memory just popped up. Being around someone who's killed someone, you know.
1: Funny how that works. Sometimes memory's in there, and then it just gets jostled loose for whatever reason. Very interesting.
0: It was not worth remembering, I guess.
1: No, I guess not. But hey, we're going through traumatic memories and talking about bad stuff anyway. So, Lucky number 13.
0: Well, that was uplifting, Dan. You want to end this?
1: Let's end it. Fuck you, yeah. Richard Ramirez. <laughs> Fucking jerk.
0: Anyway, yeah, now I'm depressed. <laughs> Hopefully you will join us on the next scatterbrained. I swear it won't be this uh, depressing promise. Anyway, see you guys later. Join us on that scatterbrained. Thank you.